Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. I love these stories uh, about Indianapolis and some of the good things, some of these big events coming to our town. It's just been announced that the NCAA will be the host of the 2029. Indy will be the host of the Men's Final Four Championship in 2029. What is this like nine times now? I think that might be the 10th time, actually. Wow. So another men's Final Four coming in a few years. So we have it in 2026 and then again in 2029. Now, yes, the NCAA headquarters are here in Indianapolis. So we're always going to get, you know, a good look by the uh, selection committee. But let's be honest. Even if the NCAA headquarters were not here, nobody does the Final Four and big events better than Indianapolis. That's why we're so adamant about let's keep this city on the rise. Let's get a good, firm grip on what's happening with the homeless and the crime crime, so more of these events keep coming back to Indianapolis. When are we going to do another Super Bowl? That's a big one. I don't think Indy's going to get another one. I'm just going to be honest with you. You're going to throw that out there? You're going to make that... uh you going to make that claim right here on live radio? No more Super Bowls for Indy? We got lucky that year. We did. We caught lightning weather. in a bottle with that <laughs> weather, didn't we? It was beautiful. I remember going down to the Super Bowl Village one day without a jacket. Can you imagine yeah. going in downtown February. Indianapolis first week of February without a coat or a jacket? It was amazing. But anytime you build a new stadium in the NFL, usually they'll throw you a bone and give you a Super Bowl to host. We built a new stadium. We got a Super Bowl, and we rocked it out. I'm also afraid that if we host another one, that the weather's going to suck, and there's no possible way we could do better than that first time. Because I believe Indy was the first one to have that zip line go up and down the Georgia, village. Yeah. Georgia Street? Right. That was so much fun. Man, those were the good old days. We had our, our podcast there, down right in the heart of it, that Thursday night before the Super Bowl. Yes. Packed. Um but it's too bad that, that people don't understand that this is a place where we can do that multiple times. And d- depending on where you're staying, you don't have to go outside to get to Lucas Oil. Right. The connection of downtown, right. the way that it's designed, is another reason why so many of these events come back every year. Whether it's the NFL Combine or the Final Four, these big conventions like the Firefighters Convention, they love that you don't necessarily have to jump into a cab or an Uber to get from one part of Indy to another. How many times? Okay, do you have the lineage, or, or the, I'm sorry, the um, the timeline of, of Final Fours? Okay, in so the, the first time was like, in 1980. And who won? Didn't IU win in 80? No, or they were 81. A, 81, okay. Right, IU won in 81, and that was the night Reagan got shot. Um, in 1980, wow. I believe, wow, wow, wow. somebody will correct me, I think Purdue might have made the Final Four, but they got beat. I think Louisville was the winner that year. And then in 1991, that, that was, was Duke. Duke. Yeah, they upset that stout UNLV squad. And then 97... 
2000, 2006, 2010, 2015, uh, 2021. Now, That's right. Forget about last year. It was the whole thing last year. Right. right. It was the entire tournament. Right. The All entire bracket. Madness. The entire bra- the bracket was, was here last year kind of because of the COVID setup. And the NBA All-Star Game is coming to Indy not this year, but the following year. 2024 and then you've got 2026 for the men 2029 for the men and 2028 the women's final four will be at gamebridge field house oh cool so again cool. it just shows you what kind of city we have but these events will stop coming unless we start fixing some problems around here how just just a quick uh, side note question you might not even know I, I'm, I'm sure you do though how's your cousin's team doing <laughs> oh katie gerald yeah, head the, coach of the, the lady Purdue, boilers right when i said your cousin's team <laughs> i meant coach gerald's for the women's purdue team how are they doing because i know the iu women's is ranked yep iu women are up there at number six uh katie's gonna have a better squad than a year ago this is year two uh she's only been able to recruit her players one season because she kind of came in last minute last year That's right and it wasn't her group uh, but I talked to her a little bit on text, and she's excited. She thinks they're going to be better. They can make a run. So I'm excited for her, and I hope they have a great season. But I'm also looking forward to all of the transportation of the homeless downtown, Nige. <laughs> because anytime this city hosts a Final Four or a big event like that, it's almost magic how the homeless all disappear and they go to that airport oh, hotel yeah. over there, the Crown Plaza Hotel by the old airport. Those are cozy digs. That's right a there. great gig. I wonder if they get free transportation over there. Because, you know, if you're a homeless well, dude. Well, they ain't walking. <laughs> if you're a homeless dude, what's the motivation for you to, you know, go out and get a gig? You're going to just come downtown, raise your hand and say, can I get a free hotel room for about a week or so? Because I know you want the city to look good, but we're not sure. going anywhere. So once you put us up in that hotel over there, that Ryan Mears talked about in that prosecutor's debate. And uh, we'll be back here in a couple weeks. So good luck with that. Um, there's an Indiana lottery ticket worth $2 million bucks that's about to expire in a couple weeks. Oh, no. Somebody has a oh. winning Hoosier lottery Powerball ticket. They purchased this in June at a, a gas station in Russiaville. And it's set to expire December 15th. It's worth $2 million bucks. Oh, They bought it at a McClure oil station. And it's from the June 18th drawing of the Hoosier Lottery. Can you imagine not cashing in a $2 million here's, ticket? Here's what I couldn't imagine. Having it expire and then finding the ticket the next day. Oh, 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 oh no. Well, honey, I won the lottery. Two million. Do- Wait a minute. It's December 16th. It expires yesterday. Oh, <laughs> I would be, man. It, it might be, you know, jumping off a roof time. It might be, it might be chaos if that happened. <laughs> You're telling me the lottery wouldn't make good on an expired ticket? No, not at all. Folks that pass out money for a living, Nige, they're not apt to do it when they don't have to. Like, 
Las Vegas has changed. I talk about this a lot because I go to Vegas a lot. The perception of Vegas, for those who haven't been there in a long time, is that as long as you're gambling, you're getting free drinks and oh, free sure. cocktails and 99-cent buffets and shrimp. Those days are long gone. Dude, I would sit there and play Keno in the late 90s, early 2000s with my buddies, and, and the Pacers playoff games would be on. And because I was playing Keno at like a dollar a pop, right. I'd be getting free Miller Lights the entire time. You're telling me it's not like that anymore? No. They give you a ticket. Like if let's say you're betting sports at the sports book. Yeah. I had five hundred bucks in bets lined up and I turned them into the ticket. This is before you could use your apps and things like this. Yep. And I go up to the window, it's at the Mirage. Five hundred bucks worth of sports bets. They gave me three drink tickets. That's I could ridiculous. get three Miller lights for five hundred bucks that I just bet on sports. And if you complain about it, if you say Dude, what happened here? They just give you, well, it's the policy now. It's the policy now. That sucks. Now, if you can talk your way into more, be my guest. But, yeah, things have changed out there, man. And the lottery, I'm telling you, if you go in there a day late. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. sorry about you. <laughs> the moose out front should have told you. Uh, AAA says that this is going to be the third busiest Thanksgiving holiday in terms of travel of all time which also means that you're going to see a lot of state police out on the road. Oh, miss. I saw three stadies on my way here, just on 65 alone, from, from uh, Boone County today, for sure. Trying to reduce the yeah. recklessness and the drunk driving, because tonight it's a big party night. A lot of folks are going to go out and drink. It's tradition the night before Thanksgiving. I used to love the night before Thanksgiving. I used to love it. Uh, I was all about it. And now... Uh, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to go home and have a few drinks, and, uh, watch some Christmas movies with the kids uh, tonight. Life comes I'm at you not, fast, I'm man. Not, I'm not going out at all. No, of course I'm not going out tonight. But if you are going out, again, be careful. There's a bunch of people that are going to overdo it tonight. We call this one of the amateur hours of the calendar year. Tonight, New Year's Eve, St. Patrick's Day, a bunch of people who don't normally drink, boozing it up with their buddies and family, and then getting out there on the roads. Maybe they've had too much to drink. They're probably looking at their phone. So be careful. And also, there's a lot of state police out there trying to pull you over tonight. Um, you mentioned you're going to watch some Christmas movies with the family tonight, right? Oh, Matt? sure. Hallmark Channel's big in our house. Oh, dude. The Hallmark Channel's <laughs> counting down to Christmas. It's been in full swing for a while. Sure. But why not serve up a little Thanksgiving holiday romance oh. tonight? Tonight on the Hallmark Channel, it's Thanksgiving in a subway station. He's a homeless young musician who plays an empty paint bucket for loose change on a disgusting New York City subway platform. She's a gorgeous talent agent from Nashville in search of a gifted drummer, but was bitten by a rat when she was a girl visiting the big city. Will he trade his drumsticks for turkey drumsticks at her place? Or will he keep beating the bucket? Starring Jennifer Love Hewitt's roommate in one of her old shows. And the square-jawed actor who played cute guy in the stairwell one time on Big Bang Theory. Oh, excuse me. Thanksgiving in a subway station. Tonight on the Hallmark Channel. Yeah, that totally I'm, sounds like a Hallmark movie. I've got a DVR, actually. We'll be watching that uh, later. Uh, one 
Honda option you have is the uh, Pacers game tonight. I believe the Pacers are in action downtown taking on Minnesota. Two pretty good teams. I dig this Pacers team, man. So if you're going out tonight looking for something to do, I know tickets are cheap. Go check out the Pacers. All right, Matt Bear. We got folks that are hitting the road. So here's what I want to do. All right, so uh, Kylan, go ahead and kill this traffic music for a second. Do we have the holiday road music? Can you cue up something a little bit more appropriate for this travel day? Go ahead and turn that up, Miss Kylan. And Matt Bear, let's get people on that holiday road. Let's go. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Uh, be sure and follow us on YouTube. You can listen at home on the smart, uh, the smart speaker. Follow us on all the social media platforms. What I understand, uh, the YouTube's been going in and out on us today. And so you might be able to see us at some times or only hear us at other times during the show. It's been in and out. Somebody's working on that. It's not me. I have no right. idea who. There's nobody in the building right now. Right. We put the <laughs> ticket in. It's like, hey, you know, the YouTube keeps cutting in and out, and I have a feeling it's going to be ignored in the order that it was received. So if it goes down, we haven't been fired. Uh, if your yeah. device you're listening to starts screwing up, you'll we've be not to, been fired. What I understand, you'll be able to hear us but not see us if... If that's the case. And at 5.30 today, uh, we have IU basketball. So let me just say this before we start getting bombarded with messages. We're not allowed to stream sporting events, right? Whether it's IU basketball, the Indy 500, if we ever air a Pacer or Colts game, whatever, uh, because of the rules of, you know, the sporting leagues. So your app is probably okay. Everything's going to be working fine. You just won't hear anything after 5.30 while the game is going on. It'll come back after the game. So uh, it is the day before Thanksgiving. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Thank you so much for joining us. And it feels like it wouldn't be the season of giving if we didn't give you this. It's the annual playing of one of the great Thanksgiving traditions in broadcasting, the episode of WKRP where they <laughs> drop the turkeys from the sky. Something just came out of the back of the helicopter. It's uh, a dark object, uh, perhaps a skydiver, plumbing to, to the earth from only 2,000 feet into the air. Third. Oh, my God, they're turkeys! Oh, oh, they're crashing to the earth right in front of my eyes! to the windshield of a parked car! Running around, pushing each other. The turkeys are hitting the ground like sacks of wet cement. This guy is my witness. I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> that was when they were doing the, the turkey drop promotion at WKRP. Right. right? And Les Nesman was the reporter on scene. My kid's uh, friend, uh, he had a sleepover the other night, and his, his friend and his dad have a couple turkeys outside there their house and they originally bought a couple so they could eat it for thanksgiving but the kids like kind of they turned into pets so they're just out there now and he said i was talking with the dad when i was picking connor up a couple of weeks ago he said yeah because they're on you know a crowd like a country road and sometimes people will pull over roll down their window he said this lady pulled over and rolled down her window and just went <laughs> Rolled her window up and kept moving, and and I looked at her. And I said, "Man, Mayor Emily's not doing too well." <laughs> That's bizarre, bizarre behavior for the mayor of Zionsville. It's not very mayor-like. That's, that's what but you're that's, telling me. But the but the turkey story is true. Some people keep them as pets. 
It's awesome. Have you ever seen a turkey in the wild? Like when we go to Tennessee, down to like Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg, and we'll stay in a cabin. Every once in a while, up there in the sticks in the Smoky Mountains, uh, you'll see yeah, well, some wild turkeys. There's wild around. turkeys in every state. Yeah, I haven't seen one personally. I haven't like almost hit one on the side of the road or anything. But uh, and I definitely haven't bought my own live turkey only to you know feather defeather it and skin it and eat it myself yeah it sounds like that. a lot of work yeah there, sounds like a lot of work we, we have people that do that for us <laughs> so mr high and mighty here yeah, afraid I, to murder his own <laughs> thanksgiving feast i swear to god my kids don't know i i don't think they know what turkey is or even sometimes hamburger or or steak they, they like all that stuff but they I, I, they don't fully understand or grasp yet what where all that stuff really comes from and how it's processed there's that old expression you know you don't want to know how the sausage is sure made. and i don't think they're at that age just yet all right uh coming up next i think i saw rob kendall he's one of the few people still in this building oh, let's rob's bring him still in. here let's get rob in here for kind of a bonus sure. off the rails since we're off tomorrow that's coming up next on the hammer and nigel show whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey, look who stumbled in the studio. <laughs> wow. It's uh, Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey Show making a rare Wednesday appearance, Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, hi, I'm Nigel. Jason Hammer's here. Rob's here. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, Rob, I heard you guys talking earlier this morning about what your dad would say if you asked him to take a COVID <laughs> test <laughs> before Thanksgiving. First of all, we're losing a national icon. Uh Dr. Anthony Fauci, the face of COVID, Trump's head of COVID response. Uh, his last press briefing was yesterday. It was kind of a debacle. I don't know. Yeah, you played some of that audio. Yes. Right? Somebody tried to ask him about the origins of COVID. A legitimate question. Uh, yeah. It's not like they asked him what color his underpants were. And uh, <laughs> the White House press secretary had to step in and save the day and shield precious Lord Fauci from answering those questions. What did you think when you saw that? Well, here's what's interesting is government is the only place where we accept, not only accept, but celebrate complete and utter failure like if somebody screws up your order at the taco bell drive-thru <laughs> you are on the towny chatterboard within five minutes and you are writing a letter with things with words that we could never say on this radio why is everybody station. looking at me like everybody <laughs> in the studio I, no, I is all of a sudden away. just looked at me <laughs> and yet when it's government and schools are always the best example of this when there's utter failure to follow through or whatever and it they never get held accountable but they keep getting praised and so with fauci there were two major issues that defined his 40 years in government by the way think about this i was negative two when he started highest paid uh, federal government uh, employee right and you were ne you weren't even born yet negative. when he started his career i'm a grown-ass <laughs> middle-aged man and i was negative two when Fauci started. And the two issues were AIDS and HIV and COVID. And in both cases, he made egregious mistakes and recommendations based on things that did not come to fruition. And it was the same mistake twice in the sense of with AIDS and HIV, from the beginning, they should have been pushing 
education and therapeutics on how to deal and live with this virus and who what population was affected most by that disease right absolutely and look at say it look at now why we have a handle on aids and hiv why do we have it why are people living long full lives with it because they focused on how to treat it once you have it and and how to prevent people from getting it and you know what it was it was people in that community that it was affecting the most that finally spoke out it wasn't the government that was speaking out and who you know hiv and aids was affecting it was the people that it was affecting that finally stepped forward and said uh no this is this is actually what's going on here if you watch that movie dallas buyers club loosely based but the bad guy in that movie is based off of anthony fauci yeah and and so the so 40 years later same thing happens with covid where we knew remember we used to do the i remember when the two women what were their name that used to work with uh used to work with the two women mocking daisy mocking daisy yes chicks on the right and every day at whatever it was when Hi, Mock. Um, whatever the dashboard would drop each day with the updated COVID stats, and we would read those stats. Oh, yeah. And like three weeks in, you knew, look, if you are elderly or you are a person with certain comorbidities, probably a huge deal for you or a much bigger deal for you. Maybe you stay inside for a while. People like us, able-bodied men, women, should be going to work. And kids should be going to school. Absolutely. And And plus, how many people were in there for other reasons but also happened to test positive for COVID? Like, they weren't in the hospital hospital just for COVID. Maybe they had cancer. Maybe they were in an automobile accident. And, And so if you know this early on, if unscientific people like ourselves can look at this and go, hey, there's a pretty big trend here. We think we know what this is and who's most at risk. You should have been focusing on treatments and therapeutics for people who get it, who may be most at risk, and yet he had this bizarro obsession with this vaccine, the same mistake he made with AIDS and HIV, and just like with AIDS and HIV, where a vaccine per se didn't ever really, or at least yet has not become a reality, the vaccine we have now, it's highly ineffective certainly over the long term and they basically lied to us from the very beginning about the vaccine remember this is a uh, pandemic of the unvaccinated well dr burks who was also on the covid response team under trump uh, basically admitted you know why promoting her book that the vaccine they knew from the beginning wasn't going to stop transmission And, and, and infection and they pushed and emboldened insanity you guys remember here i had to take a covid test Every single Friday, even though no symptoms, no signs, no nothing, I'm wasting resources that were valuable, could have been valuable for other people. I'm wasting time that could have been valuable for other people. There was no reason whatsoever for me to take this COVID test. And yet every single week I had to march up there and take a COVID test. It was insane. So what's more insane? What was taking place in the early stages of COVID when a lot of people started to realize, wait a minute, I don't see people dropping dead in the streets. I don't see all these things going on or a situation like now where at Notre Dame, they're still making you get the vaccine to enroll in school, even if you're a virtual at home student. So you could be somebody in your living room by yourself and Notre Dame is making you get the vaccine or you can't go to class there. This is why people like John Fetterman get elected to the United States Senate. I mean, these are the people who vote for John Fetterman. I mean, it is literal sheep who have no critical thinking or free thinking skills whatsoever. This is really on the people that go to Notre Dame, though. Because what if everybody just said no? What if everybody just said, I'm not doing that. I'm standing up for yourselves. And it's easy to go, well, you, you got to get a degree. I said that here. I was willing to lose my job here. I thought for a while I was going to lose my job here. You, you have to stand up for yourself if something is so 
egregious that that it is facilitating just utter ridiculous trains of thought because it infects that is what infects everybody is the sheep herd mentality of utter ridiculousness and so one of the things that uh, fauci said during his last press briefing uh before he rides off into the sunset was uh, you should get tested before thanksgiving dinner <laughs> and i forget that how you posed a question or casey maybe asked you about it like what your dad would do to you yes. if you you know before you walk through the threshold of his door say dad here, here's a test would you mind taking a covid <laughs> test real quick before we partake at thanksgiving dinner my, what would he <laughs> my my father is a man who has a lot of armory in the house <laughs> and uh, I, as i said that that would be my uh, last Thanksgiving uh, that I'd be experiencing. I mean, it'd be like that transition scene in those old episodes of The Fresh Prince where you'd see Will Smith being thrown out of the house. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but think about it. He says it with a straight face. As a perfectly healthy person, you should take a COVID test. Does that make any sense to anyone? And he just says it and he just walks off into the sunset with a rousing round of applause. How about using some common sense? If you have a fever or a cold or any sort of ailment that you could give to somebody you have symptoms you have visible symptoms i don't care what it is maybe just stay home and get some leftovers when you can is that more of a reasonable thing if you have symptoms of the flu i know if i did i wouldn't be going anywhere is that maybe more of a reasonable solution to protecting yourself at thanksgiving from any sort of illness that's the way it's always been <laughs> yeah, exactly it's sort of always Such been that a way good point it was very creepy Biden whisper. Well, I love that for dramatic right effect. I'm glad you caught on. I got very strong Joe Biden vibes right there. I wrote the bill on the environment. Frightened the hell out of me, to be honest with you. Uh, Rob Kendall is here. A little bonus off the rail segment here as we're off tomorrow. Uh, we're off on Friday as well. So I know that Taylor Swift has been a big part of your life, yeah. Rob. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen and Taylor Swift, they're the same to you. So I heard your rant this morning about this Ticketmaster situation with Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. This has been a big story for the last couple of weeks because I think a lot of these Swifties, as they're known as, her fans, are discovering what a lot of people who have been going to concerts for years have already known. Buying tickets is a miserable experience. Yes, I I am ashamed to admit this, but I have spent more than one mortgage payment now on Taylor Swift tickets over the years. <laughs> uh, and it's not because you're a huge fan. No, the uh, the lure of interpersonal relationships with the opposite <laughs> sex is a strong and expensive thing, my friends. Uh, this is this is this is uh, this is ridiculous because so she, so she comes out because Ticketmaster is doing what do they call it strategic pricing or whatever it is. And basically what the artist got got keen to is look people are buying these premium tickets they're relisting them they're getting all the money right so people are buying like front row tickets for a taylor swift concert for probably three or four thousand dollars and they're putting them on the secondary market for like 35 to forty thousand dollars right and some That's of these ridiculous. lunatics are paying for it and and so the the, the artist knew, because Bruce Springsteen was the first one that this came out on, because he kind of did this, and his tickets were selling for all sorts of you know r- ridiculous prices, and now it's the same thing happening with Taylor Swift. Well, at least Bruce Springsteen in Rolling Stone came out and said, yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it so that we get paid. Somebody's going to get paid. I don't want it to be the scalper. I want it to be me and my band. Kiss my ass. <laughs> and hey, that's at least a, he's honest about it. That's an honest assessment about it. Like, I do this. I have this talent. People want it. Here's what I'm charging. Have a nice day. Taylor Swift comes 
out and it's like, this is egregious. Someone should do something. Someone should look into this. You looked into it when you signed up for it, you miserable hack. Everybody back. I'm wasting on you. Get out of here. He's rolling. He's rolling. There's a vein sticking out of his neck. Wow. Like, like, she, she plays stupid on this. It's like, you and your people signed up for this and you're the one profiting off of it. You're not giving any of this money back. You're raking in all the money. She's going to keep all of that money and then she's going to write a song about how horrible <laughs> Ticketmaster is and make even more money. And then Congress. Did I do that right? That was yes, pretty good, man. And that was Congress, impressive. Amy Klobuchar's like, we need to have an investigation into this. <laughs> 10 years ago or 12 years ago, Ticketmaster had that uh, merger with Live Nation. They've been doing this sort of stuff for years and years and years, but because Congress can't solve any real problems, now they've got to investigate Taylor Swift ticket prices. So Amy Klobuchar's fine with the fentanyl on the border, <laughs> but hot damn, oh, there's boy. bootleg Taylor Swift tickets marked up too high. That's where we have to draw the line. Uh, and the people, the Taylor Swift sheep are stupid enough to believe this and go, yeah, Taylor's on it. She's really on my side. She's really concerned. She signed the agreement that allows her to make this gajillion dollars. She should totally run for Congress or the presidency <laughs> or whatever because she is looking right into society's face and lying to them and they're lapping it up. Top three things that have to be on Rob Kendall's plate on Thanksgiving. Like if something was missing and you were, you'd be highly disappointed if it wasn't there. Top three things on the Rob Kendall Thanksgiving plate. Uh, free. <laughs> of course. Yeah, uh, expect uh, nothing less. Someone else prepares it. <laughs> And uh, minimal effort in the cleanup on my part. So if someone just brought you a plate full of Pop-Tarts and Hot Pockets, as long as it was free and you didn't make it, you're going to be okay? You've seen how I live. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving yeah, happy to you, you your lovely wife, your amazing family, and thank you for being part of the Hammer and Nigel Thanks, show. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Shake me down. Not a lot of people left around. The Hammer and Nigel show. I think we're getting things set up for a Wednesday edition of... Uh, Beer Sample Friday uh, here in just a second, right? We're going to be off the next two days, and like hell, are we going to skip out on Beer Sample Friday? <laughs> no so. way. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Hammer, once again, provided the, the, the uh, libations. Thank you. Um, but we're focusing our attention on Black Friday. Does your wife still get up and go out physically shopping to Black Friday, or is she, she kind of like Amazon now right? man she used to love it yeah. it was a thing that her and her mom did and they, they bonded they had fun they went out early in the morning and got coffees but it became too violent at times like lunatics in the mall were like beating the hell out of each other new from hammer and nigel records a tribute to exactly what you were talking about hammer <laughs> For a Black Friday score, fa la 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 la. Wreck of the malls. Got it. <laughs> Doorbusters, you'll bust a jaw for fa la 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 la. Create some love and hip hop like drama, fa la 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 la. To get your kid Bobby the booty shaking llama, fa la 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 la. I've seen that. Have you seen the booty shaking llama? I have not seen the booty shaking <laughs> llama. Popular. Like the UFC. Knock him out for a big screen TV. Scratch and claw for cheap apparel. Put it down. I saw it first, Cheryl. Re- 
Wreck Them All's a tribute from Hammer Nigel Records for Black Friday. Do we have time for Beer Sample Friday, even though it's Wednesday? Of course right, we do. do right now, Hammer and Nigel present Beer Sample Friday. I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Beers on sale, people. Come down and get you some. You just picked this up, right? Uh, by the way, our uh, sponsors, Thompson Furniture and Mattress in Columbus. Happy Thanksgiving to Spence and his lovely wife, Heather, and everybody down there working at uh, Thompson Furniture and Mattress. Take care of those folks, yeah, man, because they support us here on our show. And they've got a huge Black Friday sale going on, too, right. by the way, down there. So I walked over to the liquor store earlier today because, honestly, I forgot to bring something from home. You know, it's Wednesday. My sure. mind wasn't right. So all this is is something that I don't think we've had yet. Oh, Dale's Pale Ale. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of course. I love Dale's Pale Ale. Oh, you got the 24-ouncer. I got the big boy here, and it's cold, and it's ready, and I'm upset that it hasn't been opened yet. I'm sorry. Now, l- let me tell you about my experience walking over to Big Red to get this earlier today, Nige. Yep. So this was around 1130. You know, I'm walking over to the Big Red Liquors downtown Indy, right across from the Winter Circle. From, uh, Pennsylvania, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, first of all, on my way there, multiple homeless dudes asked me for a dollar. Well, That's normal. I said no. I kept on going. But on my way back, I'm passing that new Chick-fil-A that opened up right around the corner by Washington. Washington Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a dude who had a bag of food. Food, and he was selling fries individually. <laughs> Shut up! Like like they were Taylor Swift tickets or something. I got fries. You get five for a quarter. Five for a quarter. Did he have any ribs? How much for one rib? Right. Like Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I've In never that seen that before. Like a bag of Chick Fil A waffle fries, and he was selling them by the fry. Were there any partakers? Were there, no. any, were there any patrons, I guess I should say? Any customers? No. no. Okay, here we go. Thank you. Cheers, man. Happy Thanksgiving. Dale's Pale Ale is the uh, beverage of choice today. We got uh, more Hammer and Nigel show. Short show. We wrap it up at 530, but we're coming right back. Stick around. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. You know, Hammer, one of the things I was most passionate about during the midterms, one of my issues I paid attention to, even in the 2020 election, was energy independence. And with the stroke of a pen after Biden got elected, he signed that debilitating executive order, 13990, which effectively ended the Keystone Pipeline, uh, federal oil drilling leases, and uh, people are worried about inflation, the price of, of goods, the price of food. And, and all this falls under the umbrella of energy independence. All this falls under the umbrella of the oppressive uh, anti-energy Green New Deal policies of the Biden administration. That brings us to our next guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Daniel Turner is an energy expert, founder and executive order of Power the Future. Daniel, happy Thanksgiving. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for having me on, guys. Great to be with you. So, Daniel, I just uh, actually I think I saw you yesterday or the day before on Fox and Friends talking about this. I, I definitely want to get to your energy policy roadmap for 2023 as, as the newly elected Congress starts to take power in January. But just a little bit about you, your background and, and, and what is power the future? Yeah, I've worked in the advocacy space for 20 some odd years, and I started power the future about four years ago because I saw a great disconnect between the policymakers 
and those people who are affected by energy policy. And I live in rural America. Um, we have a sheep and cattle farm. I love rural America. And rural America is where our energy jobs are found, as well as agriculture and, and so many other jobs, right? Um, but the policy people, the ones who make the decisions about energy policy, are people like Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or Joe Biden. And they make these policies like canceling Keystone, and they're totally disconnected from the millions of men and women who have to suffer the consequences. And I felt that those people needed a voice, so I started this organization exactly for that purpose. Daniel, Jason Hammer here. Again, for those who haven't paid super close attention, maybe they've been preoccupied with how much things cost in the grocery store, but how dire is the situation with American energy right now? Um, you know, I, I hate to be doom and gloom, and it, it's not fun to have to be, but I'm seriously concerned that Americans should be concerned. We have a huge energy shortage, and the reason why we have the shortage is because we're not producing enough. And Biden's tried to blame it on, on COVID. He's tried to blame it on Vladimir Putin. But the fact is, as our supplies have dwindled tremendously, our diesel is what probably has me most concerned because of what machinery, what pro, what vehicles use diesel. Um, that's how we power our entire economy. But even home uh, heating fuel is at a very uh, uh, serious shortage, and we're seeing that reflected in prices. Um, so the fact that this administration, that Joe Biden, uh, his spokesperson, KJP, the fact that they're so indifferent, it shows, again, that why Power of the Future was started. It shows that disconnect between energy policies and their consequences, and those people are out of touch. And, and can you compare and contrast the difference between the previous administration and Trump's energy policies compared to what Joe Biden did his first day of office, which was to sign that executive order having to do with uh, the U.S. energy policy. Yeah, the, the miracle of the previous administration, of the Trump administration, really the, the, the genius of their energy policy is that they did absolutely nothing. And I mean that in a total compliment. They let us do our job. They got off our backs. They, they Definitely the president cut an awful lot of regulation but if we needed permitting, he, he gave us permitting. If we needed access for land, for pipelines, for drilling, for fracking, whatever, the government allowed it. It's how it should function. And notice the consequence. In 2019, the peak, right before COVID craziness hit, the peak of our energy success, we were producing more oil and gas than ever before. Wow. We were at record low prices nationwide. We had record number of employment in this sector, record number of uh, tax revenue generated by this industry and we lowered our emissions if that's the standard that the greens hold us to emissions we lowered our emissions more than any other country in the world and that's the beauty of the free market when we were given the chance to operate we didn't pollute right we didn't hear about you didn't hear about price gouging under president trump or profiteering that's all we talk about now how come when we had freedom in a free market we did so much better than the, the command and control of the Biden. And that's and that's why the left is a danger to, to freedom and to the economy. So, Daniel, let's go back a couple weeks with the midterm elections. This was talked about. This was a key point of the conversation in a state like Pennsylvania, where Fetterman went out and has said for years he is against fracking, he's against coal, but yet he still ends up getting elected. What do we make of this? It's just absolutely devastating, and it shows – well, one, it shows the problem with early elections, as far as I'm concerned, early voting. Early voting, yeah. Um, yeah, because, you know, Fetterman was, was really – his feet were held to the fire after that atrocious debate. And I'm not picking on the guy, 
But but after that debate, then the media began to ask him some really probing questions. And that's when I believe it was CBS News that showed him the video of him saying how he's always opposed fracking and him saying, well, that's not true. I, I support fracking. And a lot of Pennsylvanians were left scratching their heads saying, who the heck did I just vote for? Right. That's the problem with early voting. And that is a strategy of the left right now. Keep your candidates. Joe Biden did it during covid. Right. Keep your candidates hidden in the basement. Uh, use the media to to be a shield. Um, throw lobs at the other team, tell them they're all extremists, they're all racists, they're all they're all MAGA, mega, whatever the phrase was, um, and let's just hope the voters don't know who, who our guy is. Um, so, yeah, when, when I saw what happened in Pennsylvania, it's devastating. Between him and their new governor-elect, Shapiro, they, they are on the record that they hate the oil and gas industry. And Pennsylvania is the second largest natural gas producer in the nation. Uh, 500,000 people work in that industry yeah. in Pennsylvania. They have to be nervous. Energy Pro, uh, Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power of the Future here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. What did you think when you saw, because I, I feel like Joe Biden, every time gas dips below $4 a gallon, there's a victory lap from the White House, and they take credit for it. But when gas jumps, they say, well, the president doesn't have anything to do with gas prices. Was there any reason for Joe Biden to deplete the oil reserves? Yeah, sure. There was a very important reason why he dipped into the strategic reserves. Um, there was a huge emergency, and the emergency was the Democrats were uh, at risk of losing the Senate. And that, that was the emergency. Um, if we wanted to have an increase in supply, we just need to allow access to oil and gas drilling. But that was not a viable option. So the Biden administration knew if we release these million barrels a day, Maybe it will send a market signal. Maybe it will look like the supply is increasing. Maybe the price will drop. Whether or not it did as a mathematical formula, because clearly there's issues with China, there's issues in the global market, doesn't matter. They got the consequence they wanted, which was that he could take credit for looking like he cared, for looking like he was taking action. And it probably did save them a Senate seat or two. Hmm. Um, and, and, and that's tragic, right? We're using this industry as, as leverage for political ideology. Right? We're using it. And that's not the way we should look at natural gas or oil. It's not the way we should look at farm policy, right, manufacturing. This is how we survive, how we eat, how we keep ourselves healthy. Um, it's frustrating that we use these great industries for, for political weaponry and and. But, that, but you know, D.C. is an awful cynical place. It's why I live in rural America. <laughs> Daniel Turner, energy expert here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. One more thing before we get to the energy policy roadmap for 2023 for Congress that you put out there. I'm wondering what you just thought personally. Like, I thought it was embarrassing as an American citizen to see Joe Biden fist bumping the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, going down there to OPEC with, with hat in hand, begging them to turn on the spigots and sell us more oil, and then basically giving us the middle finger. Well, I thought it was embarrassing, especially given his his you know haughty rhetoric about he was going to stand up to this guy and yeah. he was going to look him in the eye. I mean, if, if you're going to make those types of comments, you know, you got to man up, right? If you're, gonna, <laughs> it's it's like the guy in the bar who's threatening to punch everyone's lights out, and then someone stands up and he's like, "Nah, I'm not actually going to fight." Um, so yeah, Joe Biden spoke with such anger about the Saudis, yeah. about OPEC. And don't get me wrong, I am no friend of the Saudis or of OPEC. OPEC's an evil cartel. Um, but but you can't have it both ways, Joe. And and he seems to want it that way. <laughs> okay, so uh, newly elected Congress, Republicans have the House. 
take power in January. Uh, your um, your firm, Power the Future, has compiled an energy policy roadmap for 2023, which is like it's basically a top ten list of things that, if enacted, can help reverse the destruction that's been caused by Biden's anti-energy Green New Deal. Can you just maybe briefly go over some of those? One of the, some of the more important highlights on this list. Sure. And what we really wanted to highlight for the incoming Congress as an advocacy group is that, yeah, you didn't flip the Senate. And of course, Biden is still president for two more years. But the House has tremendous power. Look at the committees that impeached President Trump twice. Look at the January 6th committee. Those chairs have an awful lot of those committee chairs have an awful lot of power. And Nancy Pelosi, say what you want about her. She understood the power of the speaker, the power of the gavel, and she wielded it without any mercy. Um, So uh, this roadmap we put together was a guide to say to members of Congress, hey, you're in the House now, you're in the majority. Let's start standing up for America's oil and gas industry and maybe punching back. And so we listed 10 very specific things that the House can do. Hopefully they'll they'll heat us. Where could people find out more uh, on your foundation? Um, Where could people find you if they have questions and want to see the this this energy policy roadmap, Daniel? Yeah, powerthefuture.com is our website. It's right there on the home page. Heck, if people want to email me, I, I always give out my email, daniel at powerthefuture.com. And if you guys will have me back sometime, I, yeah. maybe they can hear me again on your great program. <laughs> yeah, we would love to, to have you back very soon, Daniel, for an update. The uh, the diesel thing really has me worried the more I wor- uh, uh, read about that. So maybe we can get an update for you here uh, in a couple of weeks. Happy Thanksgiving and best to you and yours. Thank you so much. Great to be on your program. I appreciate it. Hammer and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I'll run a story or two by you. You break down all the information and tell us if the story is anything or not. And we start with this. <laughs> Somebody's doorbell camera filmed a couple that was showing up for a party, but they had the wrong day. Oh, no. Like a Thanksgiving party? Right. Wow. Dark in there. Hi, guys. Of course, got a little. Not today, right? Shut up. It's not today. <laughs> 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 Keep kidding me. <laughs> Oh my Next God. Saturday. Next Saturday. Well, you look cute. You want to come in? Yeah, y'all look great. Y'all want to go to dance or something? This is going to be so funny. <laughs> so it was like a Friendsgiving kind of thing, yeah. and they had the wrong date. <laughs> they were a week early. She's like, yeah, we got a babysitter and everything. <laughs> uh, and by the way, I know like if this were me and my wife, my attitude would be, look, we screwed up. But you got us now. I ain't coming back next week. Let's do something now. <laughs> we went through the trouble. We got the babysitter. Uh, and so it's either now or never. What do you say? <laughs> All right. So devil's advocate. I'm the hosts and I answer the door. It's not my fault that you don't understand <laughs> no. the 
topic of dates and times. Have fun tonight, but we've got other plans. <laughs> I'm just saying, all right, that's fine, but you're not going to see us next week. So The whole now- point of the invitation is to follow the date, dumbass. <laughs> that is pretty funny. A week early. You're showing up a week early for a Friendsgiving party. Uh, but that's, I'm just saying, that's my attitude. Now, after hearing the couple hired a babysitter, it sounded like they all discussed hanging out anyway, though. So okay. it kind of worked out. But um, yeah, what, what if I had plans the next Saturday? That was supposed to be your party. Well, then I wouldn't have expected you anyway. (laughs) And I sure as hell didn't expect you a week early. Again, it's not my fault that you're a moron. Okay. (laughs) Have you ever been to a party where, like, it was the wrong date or wrong time? I'm trying to think. Maybe my 20s when it was, you know, everything was kind of a blur back then. And I didn't write things down. And there wasn't... uh, good communication between me and my other buddies. Yeah, sometimes we'd show at a place and be like, dude, that's tomorrow. I've showed like- up for school before when there were days off at school. <laughs> like, I've shown up for work before when we were off. I've done that too. Yeah. When we had the day off, had no clue, and I've showed up for work, and they're like, what are you doing here? We get Columbus Day damn off? <laughs> Hot damn. All right. All right, one but more. But then here. they pull a you, well, since you're here. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and uh, get behind the soundboard there? <laughs> uh, coming up here in uh, just a moment, uh, Casey Daniels, she's going to slide in here. Uh, we call the segment The Side Piece, yes. because that's her online blog at WIBC.com, but we're going to have a little fun with Casey and uh That's coming up next on The Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Nigel, Jason Hammer is here. Casey Daniels from the Kindle and Casey Show in for the side piece. Happy Thanksgiving, Casey. How are you? Hey, happy Thanksgiving. I'm good. How about well, you I'll guys? I'll post the same question that I, I posed to Rob Kendall earlier. He was stumbling around the studio. He hadn't left yet. Um, have you ever had to take a COVID test to go to a party? No. Like a private party, like a Halloween like a Halloween party or a holiday party Thanksgiving. Nothing? No. Not even a request? Not even like an inkling of, hey, we might be doing this? No. Because that was Fauci recommendation for thanksgiving Mm -hmm. yesterday at his last press briefing before he you know rides off into the sunset yeah before you go to your family's thanksgiving you might want to test no uh the only reason i've ever had to take a covid test was when i thought i had covid and for work right yeah now, Nige, what about you? When you go to those parties where you have to drop your keys in the bowl, do they ask you guys <laughs> to make sure you've got a, a negative test I, with you? I would not. Different test. I would probably forego uh, <laughs> the test and just turn around and go home, which is where I like to spend most of my time anyway. Um, but I, I think, uh, generally speaking, um, maybe if you have a fever or a runny nose or something like that, you stay behind. That would you know, probably you should be, probably you know? do that anyway. Like, <laughs> That's what runs, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're not feeling good, maybe don't bring your germs over to the family get together and just sit one out. But Fauci goes up there yesterday, and he's doing his, make sure you've got 18 boosters. Make sure you're testing <laughs> for this and that. Mm-hmm. But then he's trying to walk off, and there's one brave reporter, and he's not from the United States. Mm-hmm. And he asks, hey, Dr. Fauci, before you call it a career here, can you answer the million-dollar question? Right. And I'm paraphrasing here. 
where did COVID come from? What are the origins? You would have thought that the way that the White House press secretary reacted, you would have thought that this dude asked Dr. Fauci, you know, what his favorite sexual position was. (laughs) He did. He did ask the question that we all want to know the answer to. Yeah, where did it come from? The origins of uh, the COVID and how pathetic is Don or uh, is is Dr. Fauci that he has to have an incompetent boob like KJP mm-hmm. in there to step in and kind of protect him and shield him. He's a big boy. Yeah, she's playing the he heavy can, for him, yeah, huh? Right. He loves to do interviews. He loves magazine covers. He should be able to answer that mm-hmm. one last time before he rides off into the sunset. Oh, no, I'm done. We have a process here. Yeah, the process is we ask questions and instead of deflect or deny or lie or gaslight, you answer the question. So, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? What are you? What's the plan? You got? Are you going somewhere? No. The, the daughter is home. Yeah. She, yeah. Yep. She got home this afternoon. So, yeah, we're gonna, you know, toss that turkey breast <laughs> into the oven. I didn't buy a full bird. There's only three of us, so we just have a little six pounder breast. And, uh, are you having uh, random strangers into your house? No. <laughs> I loved... Hammer, did you hear their interview with Jay Query earlier this it. morning? Yeah. Jay he... Query from 107.5 The Fan, longtime friend of our show, longtime sportscaster, and, you know, one of the voices of the IMS radio network. Mm-hmm. Tell me tell me what Jake does, because I, th- I found your conversation fascinating this morning. Okay, well, I don't want to speak for him, but what well, I got from it was a while ago, years back, he was working at a radio station in St. Louis and he had to work on Friday so he wasn't able to come home to Indianapolis for the holiday and he kind of asked around his co-workers hey what are you doing hey what about you and they all were like what about you and he said oh yeah no I can't go home because I gotta work and nobody invited him (laughs) over to their Thanksgiving so he ended up spending it alone and when he finally did come back to Indianapolis he said I don't want this to happen to other people especially in media because many times media people are transient you know in this market for a few years and then you move on and uh, so he put it out there uh, when he first started working back in Indianapolis if anybody's uh, alone you're welcome to join me not just members of the media but strangers right and then fans of his show he has since elevated it, and he puts his personal phone number out there and texts me, DM me. If you are going to be alone, you're welcome to be at my table. And he said that this year they're expecting about 15 people. Wow. Would, would any mm-hmm. of us in this room consider doing that? What You know what I mean? Like, Jake's right. a really good selfless guy. He's mm-hmm. been doing a lot. He had the, the heart attack. Yeah. Um, and, and I think he's a really thankful, thoughtful guy. Would mm-hmm. any? I feel... Almost inadequate being around. <laughs> like, I feel shameful, like because I would not do that. Well, when you speak politics for a living, you never know when somebody's trying to troll you mm-hmm. and they want to come into your house and beat the piss out of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it's we. It's different said. when you're a sports guy. I think. Yeah, that would never last for Rob Kendall because who <laughs> right. knows who would show up. Could you imagine Rob or Tony Katz mm-hmm. or honestly any of us? Some of those tweets that we get, some of those people in the chat houses, mm-hmm. these people, like if we gave out our home phone number how that would work (laughs) that probably wouldn't go as well as it does for jake but isn't that just a generous thing to do just open up your home for someone and yeah when he was telling the story it gave me goosebumps and i just i think that that's that's a great thing and it's cool that we work with someone like that right uh my son by the way uh my oldest son wanted me to ask you how's hot daughter doing
Oh, oh really? <laughs> uh, will you tell oldest son that she doesn't have plans tonight? Oh, okay. She's, she's hanging out. Wait, she's not. Hold on. She's a college student. She's not going out the night before Thanksgiving with all her buddies. No, she's a good girl. She's going to hang with her mom. Now there's Black Friday. There's Black Friday on Friday, but I heard you guys talking about Blackout Friday, the night before Thanksgiving, generally Black, known as the Blackout um, Wednesday. I'm Blackout sorry, Wednesday. I'm sorry, Blackout Wednesday, yeah. which is generally known as the biggest party day of the year, party yep. night of the year. Yeah, uh, followed by like New Year's Eve and St. Patrick's Day and Cinco de Mayo and Halloween all rank up there as big drinking nights. Back but, me up, Nige. These are amateur hour days, though. Yes, I would say. Exactly. I would say. When I think of amateur hour, the first holiday I think of is New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, uh, a Blackout Wednesday would fall under that maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because I think these, all these kids that are home do it at college anyway. So they're pros. Yeah, they're um, triumphantly coming home and going back to the bar and meeting up with all their old high school friends. You know, I'm, you did, you did I'm that so, back in the day, right, though? I'm so seasoned, we didn't call it Blackout Wednesday. You we just didn't have did a name it. for it. <laughs> right. I think it's like the younger generation, at least branded it so now we all know what it is um what about you are you going to participate in blackout i participated Wednesday? I, i'm going to go home tonight and have a few drinks and sit by sit and hang out with the family watch some christmas movies and so then, it's wednesday i'm going to have some drinks tonight like at some sort of big special occasion <laughs> Yeah, that's so, Monday, yes, it's, it's, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday, whatever day. It doesn't have to be Thanksgiving. It's beer sample for Friday, yeah. whiskey Wednesday, tequila Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, All the time. I've got a, I've got a, a list here, a study of five rude things people do on Thanksgiving. I want to know if this resonates. Like, is number one talk about politics? Right. That's in there. So, five rude things people do on Thanksgiving. Um, bringing something that requires cooking oh. to the dinner. Oh. If you're, you know, with food you're bringing requires mm-hmm. oven space. Yeah. You got to clear it with the host first. Okay. Does that make sense to you or anybody, Hammer? Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I can see that because you've got all the dishes already in the oven and yeah, I could see that. Starting tense conversations. Okay, there's the politics. <laughs> That's where that rolls in. Politics, religion, family issues. Mm-hmm. You're not changing anyone's opinion ever on Thanksgiving, I wouldn't think, Hammer. Although, I'll I'm try. Da- Hot you, damn, am I going to try? You get into it sometime with some family members, don't you? Every once in a while. Yeah. Every once in you a while. You have some people with differing opinions in the in the Hammer clan. My youngest son, the biggest one of them all. Me and Jacob fight like nobody's business. <laughs> Little weasel. He doesn't pay for anything. Of course he feels the way that he does. Top five rude things people do on Thanksgiving. Uh, prying into people's personal business. So, when are you having kids? Uh, when are you getting married? When are you having a baby? What's That's that smell? Exactly. I've been there a million times. <laughs> <laughs> how, about, uh, how about this? Asserting yourself in the kitchen without being <gasps> asked. Oh, oh boy. Uh oh. So, like, if you're helping out, in <laughs> the there, look on great. Casey's face right now. Just oh. don't take over and start critiquing the recipes, right? Let me let me just tell you that has happened to oh, me boy. in my past, and you know what? After about the third year, I said, "Fine, go for it. I'm done." <laughs> And, yeah. and, and I'm going to go sit down. You know, when I was younger, I was offended by that. But now that I'm older, I'm like, wait, where's dinner? When are you guys going to start cooking? Do you agree with this assessment? I told Nige just a couple weeks ago, if you're going to be the one 
that makes like the mac and cheese or the really big part of the Thanksgiving meal, Mm -hmm. you need to have a resume and some experience. (laughs) I don't want some new person, some Mm -hmm. college kid coming in there making the mac and cheese or the mashed potatoes. You haven't earned that right yet. I want like five, (laughs) six years experience before you can even think about being in charge of that. So when somebody comes over to the Hammered House, can I see your resume, please? Right. Oh, you brought mac and cheese. How long have you been cooking? Right. Is this out of the blue box? Is this out of the Kraft macaroni and cheese? Because I'm fine with that the rest of the year. I want the real hardcore stuff, though, on Thanksgiving. I want a block of Velveeta showing up with that mac and cheese. And finally, the fifth, the top five rude things people do on Thanksgiving, bring in something that requires cooking, tense conversations, prying into people's personal business, asserting yourself in the kitchen, and then number five, Mm -hmm. assuming you can take home leftovers. I had been to other Thanksgivings before at other people's houses where other guests show up with empty Tupperware. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't just start loading up your Tupperware. A full Cousin Eddie taking the bag through the buffet? Right. Wait for the host to offer them. Right. Don't Don't they realize that that's your food for the next week? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Casey, God bless you and your family. Thank you so much for uh, being part of our show this year. And uh, we're off the next couple of days. I know the holiday schedules are crazy. Mm -hmm. But God bless you and your family. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's same to you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel show. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Night before Thanksgiving, biggest party night of the year. Uh, 27% of people, Hammer, want Thanksgiving moved to a Friday. Man. Is, uh, according to a new study. Come on. Would Thanksgiving, here's the question. Would Thanksgiving be better on a Friday? 27% of Americans say yes. 29% say they only spend Thanksgiving with family out of obligation. Forty-four <laughs> percent of us would skip seeing our family for a thousand dollars. For would you take a thousand? We'll get to the the question of moving Thanksgiving here in a second. But if somebody offered you a thousand dollars cash to skip Thanksgiving and just stay home and watch football by yourself, would you consider it? Could I do it like any other day? Like, I don't want to miss out on the food. So could I miss out on that Thursday, the official Thanksgiving, but do it like some other date? Mm. Because then I'm in. No, this says, would you skip Thanksgiving with your family for $1,000? No, because family memories are worth more than $1,000. Look at you all saying Now, if it were $10,000, we got a ball game. (laughs) But can we go back just a minute, though, to these people that want Thanksgiving moved to a Friday? We have to hear this crap at Halloween, too. Well, Halloween should be moved on a weekend so the kids could we have do. fun. Everybody says that. Yeah. No, screw that. The holiday falls on the date. It usually doesn't change, right? Thanksgiving's always going to be on that Thursday, the final Thursday of the month, and Halloween will always be on the 31st. You don't get to move it. It's not a floating holiday. I I would assume most of the people that took this survey and said, yes, move it to Friday, have to work on Friday, so they could just lump it with Saturday and Sunday and get a legit three-day weekend. Like our friend uh, Justin, the official mailman of the Hammer and Nigel show. He doesn't have Friday off. It's back to work for him. So I'm sure he would probably be in the category of, yeah, let's move it to Friday so I get a three-day weekend in out of it. Yeah, but you know what? It's on a Thursday, Justin, so no one's forcing you to be a mailman, although a damn good one. Uh, Let's see here. 
what time i think we've sort of we, we mentioned this a little bit before and uh, here's some official stats Forty thousand people voted online the most popular answer as to what time should thanksgiving start three between three and four thirty p.m that's when the dinner is served correct that's what we're asking that here is that is when dinner is served between 3 and 4.30 p.m., according to 40,000 people in a recent survey. Uh, you had a really good point, I thought, about starting it at noon or 1 o'clock and then just keeping it going right. all day long. The minute that Lions game kicks off, there needs to be food on the table. I get nobody has dinner at noon unless you're like Joe Biden or some 95-year-old person in a nursing home. <laughs> but Thanksgiving's different. Thanksgiving is an animal. It's an all-day event. It's not just a dinner. It's a festival of food. It's a glorification of gluttonous. And the minute the Lions <laughs> kick off that game, there needs to be food on the table. A couple of other uh, questions that were answered in the survey. This is interesting. Should mashed potatoes be completely smooth or have a few lumps? <laughs> I don't. I'm not the biggest fan of lumpy mashed potatoes. I'll be honest with you. I'm not either. I kind of like them smooth. I don't want them runny. Let's not get it well, twisted not runny, here. But the, uh, the winner is lumps. Actually, sixty-two percent of the vote said you got to have lumps in the mashed potatoes. No. Okay. No. Along those same lines, do you? like your gravy smooth or with stuff like mushrooms and onions mixed in oh smooth gravy smooth yeah, gravy and because i'm a fatty i don't want it just <laughs> on the mashed potatoes i want it on the gravy i want it on the stuffing i want it on the rolls do we have time for one more here yeah is it okay to play christmas music on thanksgiving 52% say yes. What well, the fine you? folks at B105 feel like it's <laughs> yeah. fine to start it on the Monday before Thanksgiving, so who are we to say that they're wrong? Apple pie or pumpkin pie? Real quick. You can only have one. Pumpkin with a massive amount of cool whip. More Hammer and Nigel coming up in a few minutes. 93 WWE. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. We'll bring on one of our favorite special guests to kick off the hour, Tony Kennett. Uh, is an education journalist, former STEM administrator for IPS. Tony, uh, happy Thanksgiving or happy Thanksgiving Eve, however you want to put it. How are you? I'm doing excellent, gentlemen. Happy Thanksgiving Eve to both of you as well. Um, you know, like I saw you tweet out something from uh, an article that said educators. Here's the quote. Educators overwhelmingly say. The teaching social-emotional skills in the classroom is helpful for students' career readiness. Um, first of all, social-emotional learning, what is that? And is it kind of akin, to, is, is it a, a fancy way of saying uh, critical race theory? Do I have that wrong or right, or what is that? Social-emotional learning can mean a lot of different things. This is kind of the first trap that people kind of fall into when discussing it. Social-emotional learning is really just taking time away from academics to discuss 
basically how su- your subjectivity uh, needs to be sensitive to others, how you should express your feelings, how you should consider different things whenever you're talking about really anything in the environment, in the workplace, anything in society, but through a more progressive lens of, of just how it makes you feel and, and, you know, what it's all about at the end of the day when we all get in our hugging circle. That's and that really helps us with math and English how, Tony? How does that help us with math and English? <laughs> well, for the math and English teachers that don't waste their time on it, it, it makes for a really great break room conversation. Uh, so that's really all it's good for is something to laugh at. Um, it does not actually show to be anything better for students' mental health other than self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, When we actually pair a student who has had social-emotional training, which, by the way, there's actually no standard for, there's not actually any set series of instructional materials outside of the corporations that are making a a boatload off of selling the different identity wheels and and friendship circles and bracelet-making trends. By the way, that's all curriculum in the graduate classes at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. I'm not making any of that up. Did you say identity wheels oh yeah the identity wheel you know (laughs) all of the things that make up who you are like uh, your race your religion what kind of house you grew up in what gender you identify as you know common things you should discuss with so thirty five thousand dollars a year or whatever it is to go to uh, wisconsin for a year of tuition and you're getting the identity wheel Oh, yeah. So you can take it and teach your students with it. That's what third graders need to read and do math. You know, they need to talk about what skin tone they have and how it impacts their religion, socioeconomic status. So, I mean, this what we're all talking about here, this headline, educators overwhelmingly say the teacher's social emotional skills in the classroom is helpful for students' career readiness. This is in a major publication, Education Week. Um, and so is that an accurate statement do you feel as as an educator as someone that worked uh, as a stem administrator at ips do educators overwhelmingly say this well it's one of those things where have you guys ever seen an advertisement where they make some kind of a claim but there's a little asterisk up at the top right and then there's a really small line of text at the bottom that (laughs) says well it's, it's not that big in this case they asked a bunch of progressive teachers and they asked those who were union members of the uh, NEA, of the AFT, and they asked them, okay, teachers, who we already know are very progressive, do you like these progressive things? And then they all went, yes, of course. And then everyone cheered, and, you know, they broke out the little Caesars at the office. And I'm not really seeing any evidence, though, of teachers that aren't a part of the union that don't use social-emotional learning, that don't institute that in their schools. I don't see any of them also saying, yeah, it's really hopeful. We think it's really effective. The data is just not there. Well, is there any version of this? Because they make it sound like it's a good thing with the headline. Uh, Is there any version of SEL that is beneficiary? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Telling a kid that, hey, maybe instead of, you know, throwing your fist in through a plate glass window, maybe you, you know, actually have a conversation. That's not harmful at all. Uh, There's no situation in which, you know, communication and understanding why you feel the way that you do is, you know, there's no situation in which that's a bad part of development. I just believe, and a lot of other classical educators believe, that that is the role of the parents to teach that to the child, not some bachelor's degree from Ball State who's 23 and she has a mission to be mommy in the classroom. That's not her job. Tony Kennett joining us. And again, he's appearing on the drivehubler.com hotline. Uh, You put this out on Twitter. Of course, educators are going to overwhelmingly say that teaching this social emotional learning is helpful. 
Well, if you're a super woke 20-something-year-old teacher, you're going to say that. Your response on Twitter was, breaking news, Baskin-Robbins overwhelmingly recommends eating ice cream every day as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think of this as a STEM teacher. Someone used to ask me how important computer science classrooms and, and things like that were. And my answer was, oh, they're very important because I spent all of my day understanding you know, computer science and classrooms and that when I was a STEM administrator with IPS computer science was one of the things I was in charge of. So, of course, you're going to find people who really like social emotional learning. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, this is extremely necessary. It helps with career readiness, which of all of the things they could have said, they could have said emotional well-being. They could have said mental stability. They would have had a thin argument, but they would have had an argument. Career readiness, though, I... I think that if I show up on a job site, my ability to do quick mathematical measurements and weld is going to be more effective than sharing my pronouns and giving out free hugs. And I always like to throw out this disclaimer. I think the majority of the teachers, first of all, teachers are not the teachers' unions. I I think there's clearly a separation there. And uh, the teachers that I know, the teachers that that Hammer knows, that that, that educate their kids, are really good. I I know some lunatics, though, too. Don't get it twisted. uh, I know some absolute freaks. So I just I just want to throw that out there that not all te- we're not saying all teachers the teachers we have are great but you mentioned uh, the unions you mentioned um, and that makes me always think of Randy Weingarten and I I saw that <laughs> I saw does she in some feud with with Pompeo Secretary Pompeo what is this he he called her quote the most dangerous person. Uh, so Randy Weingarten kind of picks a random uh, Republican or conservative or person not on the left to go to war with about once every couple of weeks. <laughs> once she's forgotten how badly she was beaten the last time she tried. Uh, but, yeah, this time she's complaining and saying, well, actually, it was the Trump administration that was really bad for students. And the teachers unions were desperately advocating to get kids back into schools. And and it was all of these red state Republicans that were causing kids all of this mental stress. What? As as though uh, none of us remember that the Chicago Teachers Union said that reopening schools was rooted in white supremacy and racism. Oh, or forgetting all of the other teachers unions around the country that went on strike that actually walked out of the building instead of teaching kids again. Um, all of the, the teachers unions, remember the, the group that went down to what was it, the Bahamas or Aruba or something? Yeah, that was, yeah. She was from they Chicago, I think. Yeah, it's this kind of nonsense uh, that we're supposed to forget so that Randy Weingarten can get up and act like, you know, the the bleeding martyr as though she's cared about kids all the time when the evidence suggests otherwise. Two things on Randy Weingarten. Number one, I'm surprised that the war in Ukraine is still going on because Randy Weingarten went over there about a month or so ago taking the teachers union money to go over to Ukraine for a photo op. I'm shocked that that didn't have any effect on what's going on and number two i've said this before tell me if i'm wrong i've never seen randy weingarten and joe namath in the same room together i'm convinced they're the same person i i I, to to answer the first question there are a lot of teachers in indiana that are members of the aft two two very close friends of mine indeed still are members of the aft and they spend hundreds of dollars a year uh, and they think it's it's to, you know, give themselves protection to make sure they have benefits. But instead, it's, you know, paying for Randy's plane ticket to fly 
to wherever and impersonate Gandhi or whoever else she thinks that she is. Um, and I, I look at her jowls jiggling on national television and she oh tells us that, you know, something is deeply wrong with the American education system from Ukraine. I, I don't understand the correlation. I don't think she understands the correlation. But, hey, you know, if you want to go sightseeing and you have the money, I guess that's your choice. What's the plan for Thanksgiving, man? And what are the three items that have to be on your plate Thanksgiving Day? No question you can't live without these uh, foods on your plate on thanksgiving so number one my grandmother mary's stuffing that's right when it comes to thanksgiving if nana's Uh stuffing is not on the table it's not thanksgiving that's that's the truth and she's listening so there you go nana there's your shout out number two i am a guy who abandons turkey i think roast chicken is infinitely better oh so you hate america that's what we've learned (laughs) you hate america yeah well after we set fire to the american flag we usually have Thanksgiving. (laughs) uh all right man hey have a happy and safe thanksgiving thanks so much for coming on our show tell the family we said hello and we'll talk to you soon absolutely thanks guys have a merry thanksgiving whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Ah, oh, jeez, you guys are freaking me out! The Hammer and Nigel Show. Stop, stop, stop it, stop it! My name is Nigel. Hammer's over there with a very special and lovely guest on the drivehubler.com hotline. She saves you money. She is the crazy coupon lady. My better half, Miss Crystal Hammer. Hey, Crystal. How are you, love? I'm good. How are you guys doing today? She's the crazy Christmas decoration lady as well. Yes. your household. Very much the crazy Christmas lady. Uh, I told everybody the other day that we'd watched the sequel to A Christmas Story, A Christmas Story Christmas, and I don't want to spoil it, no spoilers, but I told Nigel that it's more of an emotional movie Hmm. than it is a funny movie. Is that a fair assessment? I think so, because I know I cried several times throughout it. So. Oh, boy. Yeah, but you, like, cried during The Simpsons, and, like, you cried during <laughs> Family Guy. No, no, because I can see Ralphie as being the type, like, Christopher, who's all into the Christmas spirit, and then Jacob's Randy, who lives <laughs> overseas, you know, and I'm not going to give up anymore, but, uh, like, I just, I saw our family in it. Do, do you agree with Hammer's assessment that the original Christmas story is actually not a Christmas movie, but an action flick? No, I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> all right, so let no. me make the case here. And again, yeah, re- restate no. your case. Because okay. if I told you there's a movie that features fighting, blood, swearing, somebody almost loses a tongue, <laughs> somebody almost loses an eye, um, you would say, oh my God, what an amazing action flick. There's gunplay, somebody gets <laughs> shot. You would think that's a Stallone movie. There's or cussing. There's cussing. You would think that's a Bruce Willis or Schwarzenegger movie. But no, all <laughs> All of those things happen in the first Christmas story. But what you leave out is the fact that all this is done by, like, 13-year-old kids. (laughs) And it's a BB gun, not a real gun. (laughs) So, no, it's not an action movie. Oh, so there's a limitation on what's action and what's not because of your age? Because I saw the movie Kick-Ass, and those kids, (laughs) they put on an action-packed film, Crystal. 
Uh, I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> That's a good movie. I forgot about that movie. That's the Nicolas Cage movie, right? Love right. that movie. That's a great point. Yes, yeah. I forgot about that movie, too. <laughs> All right. So, in addition to being the uh, the coupon lady, we're going to get to your deals in a minute, because we challenged you with finding us some booze for Thanksgiving. Oh. That was your task. Yep. Before we get there, how's the house coming along? <laughs> um, It's coming along. We've got the two trees up in the front room. Um, the tree in our bedroom's up. Um, the patriotic room has its two trees up, which they are red, white, and blue trees, which are awesome. Um, so, yeah, we still have some outside lights we have to do and two more trees to put up in Christopher's room. So my plan with my deal that I did today is to get you pretty liquored up this weekend. That way you're not a pain in my ass. All <laughs> get him up on the roof after about a bottle of tequila. That, <laughs> like to see him pull no, a, a Clark Griswold. Done. The roof lights are done. What? Uh, oh, I know what I was going to say. I saw Crystal's post on Facebook about her office cube. How much time <laughs> she wrapped it in wrapping paper? Basically. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Did you take up company time to do that, Crystal? Okay, so that's a yes. No, that's a yes. No, I mean, it is decked out in her cubicle. No, our computer system actually was down, and that's when I did it. But it's not wrapping paper. It's actually a tablecloth with a brick print to make it look like brick like walls. a fireplace so, or something like that. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you just happened to have that on standby in it, the event that the computer was going to go down. <laughs> No, I had it at my desk for when I could decorate. You is, know what? Is there, is there anybody else in your office with the the display? You know, comparable to you to your display at your cubicle? No, no, yeah, no way. There's no yet, way. I, I, it's coming this weekend. I know they're getting ready to do a big major overhaul of our office area. You are the Clark Griswold of your office. You like. Are. I'm surprised there isn't like the glowing lights that's burning up all the energy when you, uh, when you walk in and go to work. All no, right, so all, let's. All my lights are battery operated. <laughs> let's go back a week ago. We said, all right, crazy coupon lady, it's Thanksgiving. We need some booze because if we're going to be around the family, if we're going to be eating and watching football, we need some booze. That was your challenge. And we need a discount on it. And we need a we discount need a on it. What did you yeah. find? Okay, well, I sent you in with a package for you to open up. Okay, I, I've got it. I've got it. Oh, I okay. didn't see that. What, what is that? All right, so first, oh, first, Crystal, I see this bottle of Svetka Strawberry Lemonade Vodka. Oh, hello. Yep. Crystal, yep. bring in, send in the hammer of the good stuff. Next, I see a bottle of Fistful of Bourbon. Oh, I've had, you've given, yep. we've, you've. You've given a, us a bottle that of that before. before. Yeah. Yep. I see Svedka Infusions Ginger Lime Vodka. That's, that's oh, for that's the healthy awesome. people because I believe that's sugar-free. Oh, sugar-free. Okay. For the healthy <laughs> yeah, raging sugar, alcoholic yeah. in your family. Right. And I've also got a Svedka Cherry Limeade flavored vodka. Dude. So we got yes. three bottles of vodka here. One of them sugar-free. And we got a fistful of bourbon here. Okay, so just out no coupons or store, you know, sales or anything. What do you think that those four bottles would cost? Uh, let's see, like anywhere from sixty to eighty dollars. I was going to say sixty-five dollars. Okay, so.
So, yeah, um, that would have been the retail price on that. Um, and I actually got all three of those models. <laughs> you ready for this? For $38.96. Oh. So we got four bottles here. So yes. which three bottles? So, the vodka, I got all these bottles at Myers. just so you guys know. I got them all from Myers. We'll start with the vodka. vodka. Um, it was, they are regularly priced, um, oh, I got to look back at my, my receipt here. I believe they were uh, $8.99 on sale, but then Ibotta had yeah, a rebate where you get a $1.50 back per bottle. And if you bought up to three, you got an additional $0.50 cents off with an Ibotta bonus. Okay, so they were already on sale for eight ninety nine, which is good alone. But with your Ibotta deals, you cut that down even more. Yes, I cut cut it down to basically seven dollars and forty nine cents. Nice I believe job. a bottle. And yeah, the fistful the, of bourbon you've uh, provided this before. And what kind of deal yeah. was this? The fistful of bourbon, the regular price on that was twenty nine ninety nine. It was on sale already at Myers for twenty two ninety nine, but Ibotta had a rebate for six dollars back. So that made it mission accomplished here for the crazy coupon lady that's impressive (laughs) because i didn't really think i i I didn't think because it's alcohol because you could always charge a premium for whatever it is unless it's the really cheap stuff and i don't know that svedka's you know the highest premium uh, vodka out there but dude that's perfect for you know if you're going to a friend's giving or a party of any kind a holiday party right and so you could take a Sprite and use that as a mixer for any one of these things. And you couldn't tell the difference if it was Fedka or if it's Smirnoff or if it was Grey Goose. Right. And I right now, if you go to Kroger's, I believe they have Sprite 12-packs. Uh, Four for twelve ninety nine, which is a great um, deal on pop. So you could go get your pop and you got your vodka, and there you go. And one of these is a sugar free uh, Svedka. This is the uh, ginger lime, uh, zero sugar. So if you get like the Sprite Zero, you could be healthy and still get your buzz on on Thanksgiving. Right. That's why I picked it up because you know I get so many comments of, oh that stuff is not healthy, which you know alcohol is not healthy to begin with. But I was like, hey, for the health nuts let's get some sugar-free stuff you are the best crazy coupon lady thank you very much happy thanksgiving you too thanks guys all right big nights we've got iu basketball the hoosiers in action don fisher on the call that is coming up next right here on 93 wibc